Welcome back, everybody. We got another review podcast. This is the Transfer Portal presented by No Context CFB. I got my boy Josh with me. How we doing? Adam, doing good, man. Uh, flying high, you know. Got my Michael Penning shirt on, man. Just happy to do this podcast, man. Let's do this, man. It's a fun <laughs> week of football. Did like the shirt? Did you go to the game? No, I wasn't able to go. Um, honestly, I'm the type of fan who gets really nervous. So, like, I probably would have been a wreck. So, I watched <laughs> it from home. This was like the one weekend where, like, I had main screen, just one screen for this one. Yeah. The rest of the weekend, just locked and loaded. But yeah, this one, one screen. Yeah, those rivalry games, man, they're, they get stressful. Dang right, man. <laughs> so what we got lined up today? Um, let's just get into it. Let's talk about that game, right? Yeah, you know, Oregon, man, game of the weekend, one of the most hyped games of the year, and it lived up to it. Thankfully, my Huskies, you know, came out on top, uh, thirty-six, thirty-three. Field goal just drifted wide at the end. Uh, first thing I want to dive into real quick is just the big thing that came out of this was the fourth down tries by Oregon. 0 for 3 on that, just a real quick recap for people. Uh, first one, uh, fourth and goal, but like six seconds left before halftime for Oregon. So basically just like go for it or kick the field goal. They went for it, didn't get it. Second one, um, down 11, like early fourth quarter, uh, went for it again, didn't get it. And then last one, just around midfield, could ice the game or not, punt it, maybe don't punt it. Oregon decided to go for it, didn't get it again. Uh, Adam, what are your thoughts on... Dan Lanning's aggressiveness in these situations. I mean, that's just who he is. Like he's always been like that. And honestly, I like it. Um, I'm a Texas fan, and that's how Sark is too. He's very aggressive. I think I think the players like it. For the most part, from what I've seen from Oregon fans, they they like the aggressive. That's how that's how you win those games. I'm sorry, but you're not gonna beat these good teams by kicking field goals. Um, he's not at this stage in college football. The only problem I really have um, is the play selection of them. Um, like I think the last one in particular, I love I love going for go win the game. I always say that go win the game. But the play calling, I think, like the the rollout, yeah, to to Bo Nix's left, he's right handed. You're gonna roll out to his left. It just seems like a play you would call for inexperienced quarterback right that's what the rollouts are for you have you have your one read if it's not there then the play is pretty much over on rollouts Bo Nix has started with 60 games put the ball in his hands spread everybody out let let him pick his matchup that he wants and let him go win you the game when you call a rollout to his weaker side it just seems I don't I don't understand the play call I love the idea I hated the execution like what did you think yeah, I'm in the same boat. I wrote about it in my own five stars of the week, but and this isn't just me being a Washington fan. I, I'm really good at being objective in these situations because I just love being aggressive. Again, like you talking about, I just like just go for it. It's kind of it's kind of that idea, you know, like from video games where it's kind of people are talking about, hey, honestly, if people who played video games made the decisions for coaches, <laughs> a lot more times teams would win. Honestly, because it's like, oh, it's a fourth and one at the 20 yard line. Instead of kicking a short field goal, go for it. These situations, again, big leverage situations. And I wrote in my um, article that when Dan Lanning went for that uh, fake punt against Colorado, he was deep in his own territory. It was a snap to a 300-pound athletic dude, and he took it. It was awesome. And people, even everybody, analytics, football minds, and like just uh, old-school football people were like, yeah, man, that was awesome. This is great. These ones fail. It's like, ah, 
this is awful analytics blah 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 but yeah. yeah i'm with you play calling was a little suspect and my only one like i have a little quibble with is the one going for it at halftime where it's this has been talked about already but going for it there um you don't get the opportunity of pinning the other team down when you don't um convert if you don't convert which happens other times like that one where oregon failed out when they were down 11 washington got pinned down had to punt it it was a really bad punt and ended up uh, Oregon went down and got the touchdown pretty quickly after that anyway. So, um, but again, just being aggressive is awesome. Like UW, they went for it. They got it. Again, it was kind of a weird rollout to Penix's weak side. Uh, and he kind of got a little pressure in his face under through it. And it was a catch. They called it a catch on the field. They reviewed it, called it a catch right before halftime. Unfortunately, there was an interception two plays later. But yeah, aggressiveness. It works like more often than not, it's gonna win the game for you. There's so many, uh, like, this is just a random one, but Clemson versus Alabama, Nick Saban kicks an onside kick in the national championship game because he's like, we just need another possession. If one of those um, works for Oregon, just one, they win the ball game. So, again, great game for both. It's just unfortunate for Oregon that that's how the ball bounces, but. Another thing I want to talk about real quick is just does UW, I know like we did a rank, is do you think UW has the firepower to compete with absolutely everybody in the top tier of college football? Um, yes. On offense, I think they do. Um, defense, we'll, we'll still see. I think the defense is good. I think it's good enough. Um, will they, will they, can they do it? Yes. Will they? I don't, I'm not too sure. It's not like a sure thing, but that offense, I mean, they were without um, one of their best receivers, and it looked like it didn't even matter, you know. And Oregon, I think Oregon has the best defense in the Pac-12, and one of the best in the country. So they look good. They have Michael Penix, and they trust him. It's kind of like what we said. It, they they put the ball in his hands, and they go win this the game. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. They uh, they didn't have McMillan. He played came back from injury, played a little bit, then got hurt again. And there's some questions if he'll be able to come back at all this season. And then even if he does, like, will he be like, will he actually help or hurt the team? Cause like, he might just be out there as like just an extra mm-hmm. body, which is fine. Cause UW has Roma Dunze. They got Jalen Polk and they've got a bunch of other awesome receivers. So yeah, I'm with you. Like offensively, they've got it. And like the running game finally like, kind of came around a little bit defensively. Who knows? Even the offensive line is a little suspect, but just cause how, UW, it's like, all right, Penix, find your matchup, get the ball out real quick. Like, Oregon was getting pressure, but they couldn't really get to Penix. They got them a few times. Like, he was hurting a little bit, but you just got to get the ball out quick. And, like, going up against, like, a Georgia, for example, Georgia's defense, amazing. But if you can, like, look at last year, Ohio State had them, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. goes out, and then the offense kind of collapsed until the end where Stroud just started taking off. Penix can kind of run too if he needs to. So they've got that in their bag. Defensively for Washington, that's where it's the question mark. We still haven't really seen them really step up and like suffocate a team like that they should have. I'm like, they've played, they've either played nobody or they've played Oregon. And I mean, Oregon, again, was right there with them. And they gave up yards to Arizona, even though Arizona turns out to be really good as we've seen these past few yeah. weeks. But yeah, I think, um, in my rankings for the website, I still have Washington low. And I think it's also just me being a Washington fan. Like I see all the, fl- all the flaws, you know, 
are so much more magnified to me than what everybody else is for a neutral observer. And my thing is, I just, this defense to me is still a really big question mark, especially against physical teams. Like when Bucky Irving and Jordan James started running the ball, like he couldn't really stop them. So, but yeah, honestly, just any final takeaways from this awesome game, Adam? Like just fun one out um, there. No, I mean, I don't, don't, don't be too harsh on your Huskies. Every team has hope. No team's perfect. Um, it's really all about matchups. And Oregon's a really good running running team. And they might not be Washington's strongest suit. But on the, on the other side, if you don't have good corners, Washington's going to light you up. So I think both of these teams are really good. They can both win the national championship. I want to see a rematch. Um, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and that, I wrote about that too. Like, I want to see a part. I don't. I personally don't want to see a part two, but if there's a part two in the Pac-12 title game, that'd be awesome. And if the playoff committee like actually wanted to like think with their heads and not with and not with whatever one else is thinking, and put both of these teams, if they both only have one loss to each other in the playoff, and we get a part three somehow, that would be awesome. Wouldn't happen, unfortunately, but it would be awesome. I think it could. You got a shot at it, Adam. Yeah, think. man. Always a shot, man. Um, moving on real quick. Uh, we got. A little segment here stock rising stock falling just one for each player coach team fan whatever you wanted to pick here so we each picked one uh we'll start out um i said rise and fall but we'll keep it we'll keep it positive at the end so we'll go fall first <laughs> um adam who's uh your faller who's someone um, stock yeah you're selling right now they've been falling for a while but i think it might be time and that's jimbo fisher Mm-hmm. I mean, the game last week, I understand they didn't have um, Wegman, but it, it doesn't matter. At some point, you just got to make a change. And I understand that buyout is still like $80 million, but they're, I mean, they, they're going to be better. They're going to win a bowl. They're gonna, probably going to make a bowl game, but that's not why he was brought there. He's in year six. You think he's going to turn around in year seven or eight? I don't think so. You got Texas and Oklahoma joining you next year um if there was time to make a change it would be now i don't know who that change would be but you gotta do something because the other two programs that are arguably your biggest competition in the state are gonna be right in your backyard now so get them out yeah man um they gotta find the money for it but it's the same and they've got the money to do it and at this point you know if you want to win that's the whole thing about bringing jimbo in they talked about national championships he talked about it stakes are raised they look pretty good at the beginning and now it's just same old same old where they have they have all this talent like if you look in the nfl like oh there's a lot of AM guys around yeah but they're not winning in college and that's all that texas a cares about they don't at the end of the day, they're like, all right, that's cool that we have a bunch of good alumni in the NFL, but we want to win here. So just got to get Jimbo out. Let him go be a analyst for Nick Saban or something, you know? <laughs> all right, my team fallen. Um, USC, uh, Caleb Williams, you know, finally came crashing down to earth. He's been carrying the team, but uh, eventually all things come to an end. Rain, bad weather, no offensive line, threw three picks because – He's always trying too hard because he kind of has to, and eventually the luck ran out. Zachariah Branch came back from injury. It was looking pretty good, but again, it's just not enough. The defense wasn't the problem in this game because a lot of the turnovers put the defense in horrible situations, and like honestly, what are you going to do when like you start off a drive at your own 12-yard line and the other team is right there? But the defense has been a problem all season, and it's, it is going to get them again. 
So again, like head coaching decisions, kind of like you're talking with Jimbo, just Lincoln Riley. I think he's fine, but you have to get another defensive coordinator that's not named Alex Grinch. You have to get an actual <laughs> defense. Um, just a, just something different, even like maybe you just get another guy with a good scheme for these players. Because um, I'm pretty, I think USC has a lot of good talent. Kalen Bullock is still a really good safety there. They again, the USC they have talent, but the defense just looks really weird. And this has been Lincoln Riley's Achilles heel this entire time. He's been a head coach where he's had great offenses. They've gone to the playoffs and like they've competed in some games, but at the end of the day, it's been the defense that's always let his teams down. And it's unacceptable, especially when you have Caleb Williams and all we throw around the phrase a lot, but I'm comfortable saying an all generational talent in Caleb Williams. And you might not even win a Pac-12 title with him. Granted, last year, injury happens in the Pac-12 title game. Who knows what happens? But even then, Utah looked well on its way to winning even before Caleb Williams like really, really got hurt. So yeah, I'm down on USC, unfortunately. They're they're fun to watch still. Appointment viewing and Caleb Williams is good enough where they still might uh, snipe UW or Oregon because they still got to play them on the schedule. But at the same time, they still have to play UW and Oregon on their schedule. And those might be some big losses that make Lincoln Riley think about the defense. Yeah, um, I agree, man. It's going yeah. to be rough. Um, I didn't see that. I, I, I thought they could lose. I didn't see them losing like that by the offense being the issue. I thought mm-hmm. that was insane, but Exactly. The offensive line just completely let, let, let Caleb Williams down. He made bad decisions, but, I mean, what do you want him to do? He's out there exactly, man. To play. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's make it positive now. Risers, who you got, Adam, as your one person, player, team, whatever, rising up for you? Uh, I'm going to keep it in Pac-12. Oregon State. Mm-hmm. I mean, who – I I, I don't going to say who saw this because I think a lot of people thought they'd be – like a, a a good team, they'd be a tough out in the Pac-12, but they're not tough outs. They're winning these games that they're supposed to be a tough out. Like, oh, you know, you can't sleepwalk through there. Uh, you better come ready. Um, and there's with all the talk about Oregon, Washington, and you know USC, but Oregon State's right there. Keep it, keep a lookout. I think they're going to ruin a lot of people's hopes of a possible potential Pac-12 matchup. They might not make it there, but they're going to play spoiler for some of these teams. And I'm, I'm excited to watch them. And shout out to DJ. I mean, after all he's been through, you can't help but feel feel happy for the kid. He's balling. Go get your money. Yeah, man. Awesome for DJU. Um, they got Aiden Childs behind him, really talented freshman. And they've had him in for packages. But DJ hasn't done anything to lose the job. He's had a few rough games, like the game against Washington State. Um, They lost, and he only threw for 198 yards. And a lot of it was kind of in a garbage time, but he's looked really, really solid otherwise. And honestly, at this point, that's in this offense, that's really good. He's in control. He's, you know, chugging along running. They got Martinez to hand the ball off to. I, I really love what the Beavers are doing, man. It's, defense is really it's fun. good too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think you're right, man. They're going to, they're going to ruin someone's season because they're going to get somebody <laughs> and it's going to, it's gonna be tough. They they do play Oregon, of course. They play Washington. Um, I don't know if they play USC, but I mean that's already two teams right there that they could just ruin seasons there. My riser, uh, I got North Carolina. Nice. Uh Devontae Walker. 
Uh, he's back. He's back, and he <laughs> is back with a vengeance, y'all. Uh, three touchdowns, 160-something yards against Miami's pretty talented secondary. Uh, Drake May, even though he didn't really look great in this game, he's still, again, finding Walker. Marion Hampton's running well for them. Pretty decent out of the backfield, too, as a receiver. The rest of the team, I don't really know, but honestly, that trio... And looking at the schedule for UNC, this could be a surprising where like UNC might make a run to the playoffs just because the schedule isn't really yes. that hard. And you know, the schedule isn't really that hard. And then if you get to the ACC championship, that's just one game. And then you just have Walker or May or Hampton, just one of those one of those three, most likely two of those three could go off in that game. And then suddenly it's like, oh, North Carolina is here. And they're in the postseason just because it sets up nicely. Because mm-hmm. again, just that trio—it's—it's it's so much fun to watch them, as, especially with Walker back. Like Drake May was doing good already with the other guys, and then Walker's back, legit first-round talent. Um, North Carolina, and also I love me some baby blue, and that those those <laughs> uniforms are awesome. Jordan, <laughs> exactly, baby. Uh, and I don't know, just sometimes you know you just need a little bit of luck, and UNC could get lucky, and. I don't I don't expect them to make the playoff. I think there'll be a slip up here or there just because I don't know about their uh defense. But if anything, they're gonna be in the conversation a lot longer than people are gonna expect. So I got the Tar Heels as my riser. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, they got Duke. If Duke, I think Duke and Clemson will both be ranked by the time they play them. Um hopefully by Larry will be back, but I think he will be. I mean, they get those games. I think they'll be the favorite in both those games. Um you know, they, they they got a shot. And like you said, you, all you got to do is get there. <laughs> and then anything can happen once you get to the championship game. So, we'll see. I like that. Man, that would be, that would be something, you know. Uh, another fun one here, the balled out award. It's, it's simple. Just, just one person, again, person, team, coach, whatever, who you think just balled out. Uh, Adam, who is your baller of this past weekend? Um, I'm going to go with Notre Dame's entire and Marcus Freeman, mainly Marcus Freeman. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with them because they could have mailed this season in, right? Obviously you lose, I'm sorry, you know, Dave, you lose two games. You're, you're not going to make the goal is to make this class football playoff. Like they're out. They, you know, they blew that game in Louisville. Also, Ohio State and this their season for their goals are over. They could have mailed it in. Um, USC's coming in. Caleb Williams, the Heisman. They could. They weren't expected to win, um, but they said no. We're gonna show you how tough we are, and we don't back down to anybody. Marcus Freeman had them fired up. They were flying off the ball. I mean, that's just that's just great coaching, and you love to see that. For from a Really, this is his first gig, right? His second year head coach this is his first time being a head coach, and he's kind of thrown to the fire. It's Notre Dame; they expect to win. And I think he's—I think he's going places. I think they found their coach, despite what some think. Because if you're able to pull your team out from that, and then go and play USC and destroy them like like you did the Heisman, um, just just ballers. Happy for. Them. Yeah, like like you said, it's just it's such an easy situation for 
past Notre Dame teams to just mail it in. But on Freeman, there is the big C word culture being thrown around. But hey, I, I think it's real at Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman's got something there, and they always seem to have a good defense. He's a defensive coach, and so long as Notre Dame always has this awesome defense, they're always going to be, no matter how annoying they are for everybody, they're going to be a top 15 team in the nation every single year. Um, and I have a defensive coach that might be a little bit enough of a bump, especially with the expanded college football playoff to make this a yearly playoff team. And, but just focusing on this one. Yeah. Just big, big win for them to not mail it in and to crush USC. And that, that was, that was fun to see for them. It's big for recruiting too. Like you, you go, you lose three games. I mean, People think, okay, well, maybe he's not the guy. And players, players hear the noise, and that's not what you want, especially if you're a young head coach who's trying to prove himself. So, who's yours? Exactly, man. Rooting from Marcus Freeman, man. Not necessarily Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm a Notre Dame hater, but I'll root for Marcus Freeman. You know, <laughs> uh, my ball baller award, uh, Alec Aomaner, you know, Stanford, just twenty nine nothing. I was easily going to turn off the TV. Again, they could have uh, just they could just mailed it in and say, you know what, we don't have it. Exactly. No, they mailed it. In. I was gonna mail it. In. I was literally in bed. I'm like, fine. <laughs> Let me check the score. And it's like, oh, it's 26-29. All right, hop back in. And I see Aomaner go out there, finish the day, 13 receptions, 294 yards, three touchdowns, including that one where he mossed Travis Hunter. And headlines like moss Travis Hunter. And it was good coverage, but again, at the end of Travis Hunter was still gassed coming in first game back. His conditioning uh, clearly wasn't there because the fact that they were targeting Travis Hunter constantly. And then whenever Hunter wasn't targeted, like he was jogging, not because he wasn't hustling. He just couldn't move. But hey, still beat Travis Hunter. Still beat, went in there, beat Colorado. The Stanford teams, I'm a, going into the season, I was like, I don't know. They might be fun with uh, Troy Taylor as their coach, but they don't still have the talent. Hey, Manor, just out of nowhere. Uh, I think he came into the year with only 15 career receptions. And, well, he got 13, almost doubled it. it yeah, nice little awesome. profile picture, too. Exactly. I know. <laughs> People are looking up, like, who is this guy? How's he going? But at the end of the day, everyone knew his name. And shout out to Stanford, come back down from 29 nothing, and then winning in overtime. Uh, a little stoke. I'm going to be critical real quick of Stanford because when you scored that touchdown to tie it, you should have just gone for two. Go for the hey, win. Exactly. Go, go for, for the win. Win, win, the, go for win the, the game, man. Exactly. Hey, you got bailed out though. And uh, at the at the end there. So shout out to the Cardinal winning on an awesome Friday night. Uh, it Man, that was, an, again, the Pac-12. Uh, it's it, We talked about the Pac-12 a lot this this episode, man, it's, it just stinks that's going away. The Pac-12 it's going to lead the, into it's the cream yeah. of this of college football right now. Yeah, they deserve it. it. Exactly. So we talk about the SEC like everybody else. I would never. <laughs> no, no, man. <laughs> and so this final year of the Pac-12, people talked about, hey, this might be something crazy, and it has been and more. Uh, so we'll we'll cherish every single moment, which will lead into my last thing. But last thing here, real quick, just again. Most memorable moment from this past week, week seven, which started all the way on Tuesday because Conference USA is kicking off the games on Tuesday, which will lead into action. You know, awesome for college football fans. It's, there's going to be a lot of college football up until Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, Adam, what's your most memorable moment? Mine, a little bit of a homer pick, but 
Houston's Hail Mary win over Dude. West Virginia. <laughs> hey man, that ain't no hell. That's not that's not just a homer pick, man. That was awesome, just, man. Come on. Just, that was come so on, cool. man. They the program desperately needed that win, you know, first win in the power five in a long time. Um it's kind of like the theme that we've been talking about. Like they could have just said we don't got it. And they West Virginia looked like they would walk away with that win. Shout out to West Virginia too. They're much better than I expected. So shout out to them. But I mean, everybody loves a Hail Mary. And when it's uh, you know, your team, your alma mater, you know, your friends there, it makes it even better. So I'm gonna go with the Houston Hail Mary. Man, yeah, again, that's not the horn pick. That's just awesome, man. <laughs> um, uh, I'll do a quick shout out there too. Uh Braden Feller. Nicolosi, uh, Colorado State, they had their own little Hail Mary. They did. Came back down from 30 to 10 in the fourth quarter. Capped off a uh, Hail Mary there. Um, Houston's was a lot farther. Honestly, like the Colorado State one was like 30 yards. But hey, Hail Mary is a Hail Mary. <laughs> but my big one, uh, talked about how the Pac-12, you know, Pac-12 after dark is leaving us, unfortunately, after this year. Uh, big Sky after dark, can this become a thing? Montana and Idaho <laughs> on ESPN2 uh, was so much fun. Uh, everyone knew about everyone. I say everyone, like the wider audience knew more about Idaho because they beat uh, Nevada earlier this year. They were competitive against Cal. Uh, they're a top team. They've recently moved down to the FCS and they're tearing it up there. I honestly think a lot, uh, some other schools should move at the bottom of the FBS should just move down to the FCS and go dominate there. But I mean, Idaho lost because Montana, historically great FCS team and they had it. I'd hope made a push at the end there, but then Montana forced the strip sack fumble, got it. And it was just fun, you know. Uh, crowds are always awesome in the big sky. It's not the whole, oh, is there a push for the playoffs? Is there talk about the SEC, Big Ten, whatever, <laughs> all this uh, realignment. Um, it's just, it's more pure football, I guess you could call that. Um, I don't really like saying that because at the on the field, the players like don't really care. They're just playing the plays like, you can block out all that outside noise, but Big Sky, so much fun. Shout out to whoever runs to the social media people. They're always fun. And I think, you know, if you keep showing the Big Sky, people are going to watch on these national networks. Uh, another one upcoming, ESPN2, this Saturday again, Sacramento State and Montana State. I hope it's Montana State. Yeah, they are both top five ranked teams. It's on ESPN2 again, 7.30, Pacific, or 7.30 Eastern time. Uh, another one people should watch it and hopefully this becomes a thing and it's not replaced by like Big Ten after dark when they put like Washington and whatever <laughs> whatever on wants to see that exactly but give us next year uh, give us Big Sky after dark and make that the permanent thing man it'd be awesome to see Um, yeah just it was so much fun um, watching those teams play and I'm excited to watch uh, FCS football and that's the thing it's hard to watch it sometimes like firing up ESPN plus. Not everybody has that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it just doesn't work. <laughs> so yeah, I was trying to watch it, but I couldn't get any signal over it to work. And the TV was on the Mexico game. So uh, we're, yeah. we're turning that off. Or I yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, just put these games on more widely available channels and people will watch because it's good football. Um, At the end of the day, you might have to feed it them a little bit force feed at first, but then people will quickly come to love the big sky. Uh, I could talk about the big sky forever. Adam and I could just talk about how awesome that Houston Hill Mary was forever. If we had more time, we honestly would have. Um, we would have gone game by game and stuck on that one for a while. But uh, shout out to everybody. Shout out to you, Adam. Uh, any last words? 
Amen. Another week seven or halfway there. It's um it's bittersweet, but at the same time I want more. So bring it on. Let's go. Yeah, man. And you can find more here, the transfer portal. Check out all our stuff. Check out the website. Always got videos popping, podcasts popping off. Uh, thank you so much for watching and take care till next week. Bye.